2: You know, you're crazy if you think you've heard the last of this guy. How do you know?
3: Because he likes it. Fun crazy, not creepy crazy, on The Riley
2: and Kimmy Show.
4: The Riley and Kimmy Show.
2: And welcome to this episode 868, it's a frightful Friday, it's a Friday the 13th, right next to me, I don't know if she's scared or not. Kimmy, I
5: got one name, Kimmy. Hello everybody, hello everybody, 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 everybody.
2: <laughs> Hi. Yes, Kimmy is right next to me. She's smart. She's brave. She's perfect. Yes, she is in every single way. I am your host, Patrick Riley, and Kimmy... We have a question for you. You've got to ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Well, do you, Kenny? Very superstitious. Writing's on the wall. That's right. It is Friday the 13th. Friday
4: the 13th. You may only see it once,
0: but that will be enough. Friday the 13th.
2: Yes, Kimmy. It's Friday the Thirteenth. This episode 868 of the Riley and Kimmy show. My question for you, Kimmy, is: Are you afraid of Friday the Thirteenth? Do you have Triskaidekaphobia? Nope. Has anybody in your family or anybody you ever associate with? Did they have Triskaidekaphobia? Yep. Uh oh. Who are you going to rat out? Who no. had Triskaidekaphobia?
3: My mother did.
2: Really? Mm-hmm. No, was it just Friday the 13th or was that number 13 that gave her problems?
3: Uh,
6: the 13th in general. It didn't have to be Friday the 13th. She didn't like the date
2: the 13th. Now, was she that way all along? I mean, like when you were a little kid? No. <laughs> it was later on. Yeah. So Friday the 13th was a bad day. Yeah. And let's just say Monday the 13th be a bad day. Yep. So pretty much. She had one, two, at least 12 bad days, right? Yeah. Whatever. Wow. Mm hmm. And is there any other superstitious stuff going around in the family? Like, you know, anybody else have some peculiar or odd thinking How about any of your friends? No. Anybody have a bad experience? Did you ever have a bad Friday the 13th experience? Like you would go for a second, go, well, you know, maybe it's because of the Friday the 13th. No, nothing like that. No. Now, you know, the good friend of mine and he listens to the Riley and Kimmy show. So I'm going to rat him out. You know, I'm not going to protect him. Right now, today, I guarantee my good friend Keith in Rockford, Illinois, is not at work. Really? The, and he does not work on Friday the 13th. He doesn't go anywhere. He will not leave the house.
6: Okay. Is so he fr- calling
2: sick? Does he
3: now, ask I don't for the day off ahead of time?
2: Well, when I worked with him, he would ask for the day off. Well, he was the vice president of programming. Okay. So he arranged ahead of time and I filled in for him. And, you know, I would open up the day planner and he would say, okay, we got this many Friday the 13th in the year. And I said, okay. He goes, you have to be available these dates because you're filling in for me. I go, oh, wow. And how I originally found out was, I said, oh, so, man, you're planning some vacations, weird times and stuff. He goes, no, I don't go anywhere on Friday the 13th. I said, what do you mean you don't go anywhere? He goes, I don't go anywhere. I stay in the house. and just keep everything low key. I go, yeah, right. Why? Because he goes because well, it's Friday the thirteenth. Something bad happened to him on Friday the thirteenth. <sighs> I think it's been since his childhood; he's been that okay. way. Okay. And I mean, he uh, example when we were going out to a business luncheon, uh, he chose to have me drive that day, and we had to wait five, maybe ten minutes because we had this. You remember the radio properties I'm talking about? It was multiple radio stations mm-hmm. by a golf course. And it was a single d- driveway going right down to the radio stations by the golf course. One car could fit down this lane. That's it. And a, as I'm getting ready to pull out a black cat went across into the golf course and he goes back up. I go, what do you mean back up?" He goes back up. I said, what, what do you th-? He goes, starts kind of getting a little agitated. I said, you really want me to back up? He goes back up, back up, back up. And so I back up, not realizing why I didn't realize it was that cat. I thought maybe we forgot something at the uh, station. We back up into an empty stall and I'm waiting for him to leave. And I said, are are you going back into the the back door or something? He goes, no, I'm waiting for somebody else to drive past that cat's path, either coming through or leaving. I go, you're crazy. He goes, no. And he goes, if you leave, I'm going to get really, if you drive, he goes, you don't, we're not, we're not leaving. I mean, he got really upset, agitated, and we had to wait. And we waited probably five, ten minutes for somebody to go past the the, the cat's path. So it was okay. that bad. Wow. And, and then when the time when my windshield, my back windshield, brand new car, you remember this. Mm. I mean, the car wasn't even, I don't know, two weeks old. A golf ball from the golf course hit that windshield, shattered it, right? Mm-hmm. He swore it was because I probably passed that black cat's path because the cat probably went in front of me. But I didn't realize it. I go, the cat was no... I didn't see no cat around That That cat was like months ago. And he goes, no, I bet. That cat went by the, And that's why that happened. Uh-huh. So very superstitious.
5: All right. Hiding
2: out today. Wow. Yes. He, he has triskaidekaphobia. Okay. That's my good friend, Keith. And Keith, we're uh, kind of dedicating this episode to you, the Riley and Kimmy Show. Now, what we have coming up in just a little bit, first of all, I'm hoping, Kimmy... We will have a guest on this show. Okay. He's our cosplaying clown puppet. Oh. Yes, he um he's negotiated a contract with us. Okay. He's he's agreed to to stop by here for a few minutes to say hello to the Riley and Kimmy show. Um that's if he shows up. So be listening for the doorbell. Okay? All right. To the studio door. Then we'll know he is coming to the Riley and Kimmy show. Okay. And I hope to have that on video as well, because I think that's going to be a a fun first time experience. We're going to see how you and he actually work together. Okay. Because the one video we do have now of him is when he was waiting to, well, he was playing chauffeur to pick you up. Okay. And Mm -hmm. we have that, but we didn't have the encounter of you and he. He bit my hand, so we had to stop stop the video. Mm -hmm. He's kind of biting so so be careful, okay? okay? He may be on his way. Some other things we have on this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show. Being a Friday the 13th, we're going to go back in time with old-time radio with a couple of different things. we got two different radio things that I think are going to be really cool. One is tied to the movie Grease, Kimmy. Oh. I'll, it, I'll, get, I'll get to that. We'll explain that. If that doesn't hook you, what will? And also, we have something that explains... What the Friday the 13th is all about and why people are scared of it. Okay. We have it's two Golden Age of radio things. Please stick with us. We will be talking between both of them. Uh, I guarantee this is some unique radio programming that you won't just get anywhere, right? Oh yeah. That's right. Because the Riley and Kimmy Show is unique. You can find us. We're mobile. We're global. We're often imitated, but never duplicated in the world of nerdum, geekdom. Freaked them even, right? Mm-hmm. Sure, Be sure to tell your friends about us. You can find out more at our website, RileyandKimmy.com. We have a Facebook page link right there. Also Twitter, other social media, including YouTube. And by the way, speaking of Facebook, it is a very good way to find out where we will be out and about at next. And when we're heading on the way to certain locations, very good way. So please like our Facebook page and share it with friends. Help the show grow. We will deeply appreciate it. What's our website to get to all that social media, Kimmy?
6: RileyandKimmy.com. Your presence has been detected.
7: Thank you.
2: Oh, I think he's at the door, Kimmy. Uh, tell him to uh, come in. Come on in. That's right. Don't be shy there. Come on up to the uh, to us here and uh, come come behind Kimmy. That's right. Uh, right, up right, right, oh, there we go.
1: That's it. No, no, nothing else. Just a ta What No
2: fair, No no applause. we'll be changing that real soon. I'll be. I'll be, I, hey, Blondie, what are you looking at? Uh, at least you're keeping my seat warm. That's right, it's where I'm going to be, well, soon. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I'm working on everything. Yep, get ready for a big appearance with you, people. And you know, I'll be thinking of Jingle. Yo, to know, yeah, be sure. Yeah, I'm gonna be adding my name
1: to that real
2: soon. I, I can't wait. I can't wait to go out with you guys and make appearances. I got my art. I got my comic books that I do. I draw. I I, I got all my stuff. I, I got my paintings. And, and you, yeah, you want to see some of the stuff I'm gonna be bringing? Would, would you like to see that? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I brought uh, some stuff. we will show it to Okay, you want us to take a look at your art you want me to look at your art uh kimmy um i don't really think i want to see your art uh, f- you. hey, hey watch it kimmy do you want to see his art nope hey uh, f- you <laughs> kimmy i don't think he's happy i think he wants you to look at his art i i really do did you bring some a lot of stuff in here
5: hey got my
2: i got there's a few things here well, uh, Kimmy, I think we should take a look at it. All
3: list. right, let's look at one.
2: All, all right, I, I put it right there on the table. Can you, can you help me out a little bit? You know, can you help out a, 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 a brother of creativity? <laughs> okay. Uh, I assume this is uh, your art. That's like my painting. Painting? Um, This is your painting? Okay, there you go, Kimmy. Okay. Uh, there, there is his painting. It's a canvas, you stupid hey watch it stop calling me name Wow, well, what do you think it's a painting it's, it's canvas and, and, and there it is you know there's this one guy and, and I think it's a friend of yours a painter he paints these big huge things they're 5 foot by 40 inches you know superheroes and stuff like that I said who has a semi truck to transport those home I said we need micro art my kind of art so we got my stuff I got Marvel stuff like this this, uh, this shield guy that's Captain America. You know what Captain America is? Uh, yeah, I, I, I got this shield guy right here, and I got plenty of others. You know, uh, DC people and Marvel. You name them, I got them. I got the Avengers and everything else. Don't these look good? Don't they? Like wouldn't they look good? Like, a, wouldn't you like that on your wall? Did huh? you trace that? What? <laughs> you just asked me traced traced it? Can you believe that? I'm not. I. I no, I didn't trace that. It's art. It's mine. It's okay. original. It's a painting. See, painting. Okay. Okay. Uh, sure. Well, it is a canvas. I'll tell you that much. I didn't know they made them this size. And um, where do you have these available? I will have them available at all the places you guys are going. No, you will not have it. We are not. No, it's going to be on your table. No, it is not going to be our. Ta- is that going to be on our table, Mm-mm, Kimmy? Do you, nope. Do, Kimmy, do you want that on our table? Nope. You sure? Nope. Uh, go ahead. Kimmy, <laughs> i don't think he's happy so we're not no your art is not going on our table so you you have you have paintings like this yes i have the micro paintings i'm not like that chris King guy you know i, I have mine mine can fit right in the back of your pocket not his try to put a five foot by 40 inch painting in the back of your pocket won't work unless you're the jolly green giant <laughs> okay well <laughs> that's true what else did you bring here something i take to every convention than I do in Toy Show. And that is my favorite lucky stuff for drawing. My drawing paper. Your drawing paper? It looks like tracing paper to me. I call it creative induced paper. It helps me create. And, and Whatever I see, I can draw. You want Captain America? I can do it. You want, you want that Spider-Man guy? I can do it. Whatever. Just have my paper in hand and look out. I can draw. Wow, Kimmy. Mm. He's a proud tracer. You can draw anything anybody else can. Hey, right? I, I I can draw. I it's my reimagination, you know, and I make prints of it, and it's available. Uh huh. Oh, you you have prints. I am a print poster artist too. <laughs> Let's see, you're a cosplayer. Uh huh. You're you're an artist. Yep. Illustrator. Whatever you want to call me. Creative genius. I like that one too. <laughs> and, he, and he's a clown, Kimmy. Uh huh. That's right. I am a clown. You like clowns, right, Kimmy? Nope. Ah, bite my... <laughs> okay, Kimmy. Kimmy does not like clowns <laughs> at all. Well, we know that he's an artist, or he's a a different kind of artist, right? Mm-hmm. Has his uh, art here, you know.
5: Yeah, I love my
2: art. <laughs> I know you love your art. You love it, too, when it's at your table. It's not going to be at our table. You're you're not going to be where we are. I think I want to go out to that Regal Cinemas with you, you know. I'd like to hang out there. I'd like to meet that one guy, uh, Mike. What's his name? Mike of Mike's Comics. You know, he could carry my comic book. I got a comic book that's coming out real soon. And and he could carry it there. And I think he'd really like that. What, 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 what do you guys think? What do you think, Kimmy? Should we introduce him to Mike of Mike's Comics? Uh, I don't think so. You 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 really don't think so? I don't think that'd ah, be. F- you. <laughs> I don't think he's digging that, Kimmy. I don't think he's digging that at all. But, you know, maybe we'll introduce you to somebody else, right? It's possible. Down Maybe. The road. Yeah, are you, aren't you friends with those guys in Sanford? Uh, yeah, we're friends with uh, Comic Central, right, Kimmy? Uh-huh. Tyson and uh, uh, the the crew there, the, the the staff there, Sam and everybody else. We're, we're friends with them. Is that the place you're talking about? Yeah, I'm talking about that. How about Comic Central? Can I be at Comic Central? I don't think so, right, Kimmy? I, mm, I, I, I don't no. think he should be at Comic Central, do you? No ah bite mike uh, no i don't i don't think that's gonna work i don't think so but you know if you behave here if you do if you if you really behave don't don't bite me if, if you behave you know we might take you on the road to maybe famous faces and funnies i think rick would like to meet you there right right maybe and now you're talking and maybe then we'll take you over to meet mike at mike's comics and maybe tyson and sam at uh comic central right kimmy mm-hmm. yeah, better know. be gotta be nice though nice yeah, yeah. you guys got rules all these damn rules i had to sign rules to come in here i mean I sign this i get, can't 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 throw things can't kick things he said all that kind of stuff i had to be nice to the dog and all this kind of stuff you know? okay rules so you'll take me to those places yeah maybe even on a road trip to claremont to visit our friend uh todd todd merrick at. uh Heroes landing. I think that'd be kind of cool, right, Kimmy? Mm. Couldn't you see him and Todd? Maybe. They, I think they might get along, right? I might. I like you, Todd, already. <laughs> All right. So we, we got maybe a you know potential road trip down the road for him mm-hmm. at some places. But you know, you have to behave, and we'll decide then. And I'm ready for Mega care. Oh, look out! I'm gonna be at Megacon. I'm gonna be there all four days. I'm gonna be there all four days, and I'm gonna help you interview people. Not well, with us. Uh, did you hear that, Kimmy? He wants to, he wants to help us interview people. Mm-mm. Well, you you're saying no? Not with us. I don't think he's happy with you, Kimmy. I don't think he likes that at all. So Kimmy says no Megacon for you. I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, I, I gotta behave. Okay, I no Megacon for me. Don't make it kind for me. Okay. All right. By, by the way, what is your name? I don't have one. I'm a cosplaying artist. Uh, what else am I? A Cosplay artist, clown, and uh, creator. That's me. You got to have a name. Do you think he's got a name, Kimmy? Binky? No, Binky. I'm no Binky. That's not my name. I I don't remember my name. I spent so long behind glass. I was trapped in Deland, Florida. And then one night, One late night, you and Kimmy were out with those people that were playing with their butts and quarters. No, we were out with Eric Waller and Patty Waller, Vicious Collectibles, and Eric was demonstrating his butt quarter trick. Butt quarter trick, whatever, playing with his butt, and and he was doing it on video, and then you, you were taking him home, you're walking him to his car, and you saw me behind the glass, and you and I were there, I talked to you, and you said, I'm going to bring you home. And you did. He said, how much is that puppet in the window? Hey, that's pretty good, Kimmy. Hey, she sings. You want to do a duet? No. <laughs> You're not going to sing with him? No. Nope. But that is true. We did find you at Carousel's Collectibles. Jim had you there. And Jim facilitated in, uh, well, a... Allowing us to adopt him, right, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. So you don't remember your name because you spent a lot lot of time at Carousel's collectibles. That it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't remember. Don't remember my name. Don't remember at all. Don't remember. But is that important? You know, well, I tell you what, I think we'll give him a name in the next couple of episodes of the Riley and Kimmy show. How's that, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> what do you think, buddy? Yeah. I'm gonna have a name you're gonna sing in a jingle. It's gonna be the Riley Kimmy and show right gonna add my game here i'm gonna have my game in the jingle uh no you're not gonna have your name in the... you know i can sing without dated slang they're the ones that do your jingle i can't i really can will you put a good word in for me yes we will put a great word in for you with katie roberts and also terry moore right kimmy mm-hmm. do you think they'll they'll want him to play in, no. in the... I, I can play on block of wood i'm pretty good about percussionist
5: mm. i really
2: am watch out terry i can out drum you so you know i think you need i think you need to I think you need to take a big nap right now, don't you, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. What? Aren't <laughs> yeah, you actually need to... feeling sleepy? I'm not feeling sleepy. Need... Here. Here's hey. your drink. You're just trying to get you're just trying to get rid of me, right, Kimmy. Drink your drink I made for you, hey, your hey, special hey, drink. Hey, 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 well, That's the way you want it, that's the way you got it. Get me out of here. You ungrateful I I can't believe you budge of yeah, a talent like me here. Get out of my way, you blonde bimbo. Get out of my way, you stupid. I hate you people. I'm not coming back to you for, unless you pay me a million dollars. Okay. See what you did? Uh-huh. High-strung talent. You got him upset. Yeah. You upset him, Kimmy. I don't know if you'll be coming back. Oh, that makes me so sad. Well, oh, anyhow, we will keep you updated about him. Uh, be sure to friend and follow us on Facebook, and uh, you can find out where he will be next and what his name is. I have no idea what it is. Do you have an idea what it is, Kimmy? I told you what I thought. I, we're not naming Binky. Oh, fine. Let's, I, let's I bring some. Uh, I don't let's, like Binky. Who, what, would, what would the listeners like him to be named? You know, he's a cosplaying, let's see, he's a cosplay, cosplaying artist clown. Is that all his titles? Right? Mm-hmm. And And comic book writer. Yeah, he's got that, too. And singer- you know, so I don't know what it will fit with him. So we will let you know. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and all those things, and you can do that by going to our website at rileyandkimmy.com. All right, for those who just have been listening to this episode, uh, we have the version video-wise of whatever his name is available right on our website YouTube page. You can check that also. Available on Facebook. And all the links available at RileyandKimmy.com. You can check him out and uh, see him in action. Right, Kimmy?
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and what do you think of him, Kimmy? Are you two going to get along okay? I don't know. What do you think, just out of curiosity, what do you think Mike of Mike's Comics is going to think of him? I don't know. I I don't think that would be a very good idea. You know, I'm wondering if Martin Dunn would like to uh, have somebody on loan. You know, the old uh, movie studios... Back in the 30s, 40s and 50s, they used to like, you know, RKO and st- RKO and the others. They would they would loan out actors and actresses.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: I wonder if he would like I wonder, I wonder if he needs somebody part of his puppet network. Hmm. You know, I think I think he might get along quite well with Sebastian and JB and the rest. Just an idea there. Martin, mm-hmm. I, Martin, I think you and I need to talk. Right. Yeah. I wonder if Martin's bringing the, the cast of crazies with him to Megacon. I'll have to ask him about that. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if Martin brings, like, Sebastian and JB to Megacon, this guy here is going to get upset, and he's going to want to go. Mm-hmm. So we got to know ahead of time. Because I think these puppets talk with each other. Mm. I don't know if it's an ESP thing or what. Or they have some, like, you know, puppet cell phone network we don't know about. But they, he's going to know if they're there. And then we're going to have all kinds of problems. Mm-hmm. All kinds of problems, Kimmy. Well, anyhow, it is a Friday the thirteenth. Kimmy has just experienced the fact that thirteen, Friday the thirteenth, is unlucky because she just got stuck with a puppet for part of this episode. We kind of proved it's a, it is kind of a, an unlucky day, right, Kimmy? Yeah. What I thought we'd do is go back in time a little bit and celebrate the Friday the thirteenth in a very unique way with a golden age of radio. <laughs>
5: O Riley and Kimmy
2: show. Anytime we can go back in time to the Golden Age of Radio, we do so. We're doing that right now, and it's Friday the thirteenth. And Friday the thirteenth did um, focus or was focused at times on the golden age of radio programs. One of them in particular is uh, actually has an association with Greece, Kimmy. Mm-hmm. And that is Eve Arden. Eve Arden, who played the principal in Greece one, even though it wasn't really called Greece One, and Greece two, she played the principal in both movies. She had a big, extensive career on television before Greece, but she actually started the role she's known for on TV, on radio. And that is Our Miss Brooks. And if you listen carefully, you will hear somebody who is quite known for his work with I Love Lucy, and even on the Lucille Ball Show, and so many others, and that is Gail Gordon. He is part of Our Miss Brooks, and he is part of the Old Time Radio series. And this episode is about Friday the 13th. That's what it's titled. It uh, goes back to May 15th, 1940 with Eve Arden. And following that, we go to a golden age of radio episodes. Really unique. It was all about superstitions. Each episode was about superstitions. And this one in particular that follows Eve Arden's Our Miss Brooks is from September 13th, 1935. And it is the origin of Friday the 13th Superstition. Find out about that. It's all fun. You, hey it might give you something to talk to somebody about say mm. hey i know a little bit about friday the 13th now courtesy of the riley and kimmy show see we are very unique right kimmy mm-hmm. can't find this stuff just everywhere right mm. so be sure to tell your friends if you like this tell them about the riley and kimmy show tell them about our website which is RileyandKimmy.com. we're going back in time right now may 15th 1940 here is eve arden and our miss brooks on the riley and kimmy show
3: Palmolive Soap, Your Beauty Hope, and Luster Cream Shampoo for soft, glamorous, caressable hair bring you Our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden. (laughs) To many people, Friday the 13th brings a feeling of impending misfortune. But Our Miss Brooks, who teaches English at Madison High School, doesn't believe in such superstition.
6: No, indeed. Indeed. I don't need any special day to be unlucky. In fact, ladders shy away when I come near them, and every mirror in the house has seven years' bad luck, because I'm always broke.
5: (laughs) Last Friday
6: was no exception. Have you ever opened your eyes in the morning and felt that everything was going to go wrong that day, and then realized that you'd already made your first mistake by opening your eyes? Well, that's how I felt on Friday when Mrs. Davis entered my
7: room. Up you go, Connie. Up, up, up. Rise and shine. I'm up, Mrs. Davis. Up we go. Out of the sack and hit the deck. I'm hitting. I'm hitting. (laughs) When you're down and out, lift up your head and shout, it's going to be a great day.
6: (laughs) Well, I'll try it. It's going to be a great day. It's going to
7: be nothing, and I know it. (laughs) (laughs) Why, Connie, I'm surprised at you. You're not nervous about it being Friday the 13th, are you? Oh, certainly not, Mrs. Davis. Well, I am, and so is Minerva. The cat? Yes, especially after what happened to her this morning. What was that? A black dog crossed her path. (laughs) Now, cheer up, Connie. You'll feel better when you've got a nice breakfast under your belt. Breakfast? Yes, that should help. Then you'll go to school and you'll see your pupils and your friends on the faculty.
6: Yes, that'll be nice.
7: And your principal, Mr. Conklin. There goes breakfast.
6: (laughs) Mrs. Davis, I think you have just psychoanalyzed me. The reason I never want to get up in the morning is that I'm
7: afraid to face Mr. Conklin. You may not believe this, Connie, but he's probably just as afraid to face you. It's like my brother Victor's experience. You remember me talking about Victor, don't you? He's the absent-minded one. Yes, I remember him, Mrs. Davis. Of course, he's not as absent-minded as my sister Angela. She's really a case. Yes, I know. But about your brother? My brother?
6: (laughs) Victor. Victor? What
7: about Victor? Victor. You started to tell me about his experience Oh, yes, he's had a lot of experience Well, I'll fix...
5: I'll
7: fix some breakfast now Please, Mrs. Davis, drop the other shoe
6: You know, your brother Victor had an experience which had something to do with my being afraid to
7: face Mr. Conklin. Oh, that's right. Well, Victor was terribly afraid that a certain dog in his neighborhood would bite him if he ever got too close to him. But the psychiatrist who took care of Victor explained that the dog was probably afraid that Victor was going to kick him. And? After a couple of months with a psychiatrist, my brother went right into that dog's yard, and they stayed there together for over an hour. Really? What did they do? They just stood around biting and kicking each other.
5: (laughs) Fortunately, uh,
7: a policeman came by and stopped it. Yes, that was fortunate.
6: Your brother probably couldn't have taken much more of that kicking. (laughs) Davis, I'm afraid my trouble with Mr. Conklin isn't merely psychological. Whenever we get together, little accidents keep occurring. Accidents? Yes. Ink spills on his shoes, flower pots fall on him, and yesterday, while he was bawling me out for transferring a tiny little flower pot from my windowsill to his head,
7: (laughs) he broke his glasses. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe you better just stay out of his way for a while, dear. Now, uh, before you do anything else, You've got to get a snapshot ready. A snapshot? Yes. Walter Denton called and said they're getting the yearbook ready, and he needs snaps of the faculty. Oh. Now I've brought in your album, and we'll pick out a nice picture together. Fine.
6: <laughs> now uh,
7: let's see. Where's a nice one of you, Connie? You
6: want to sit on the edge
7: of the bed? Oh yes, I'll just sit on the edge of the bed if I may. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
5: now let's see. Again. <laughs>
7: is well, a nice one of you, Connie? Oh, Connie, how did you get down there on the floor?
6: I just came down with a mattress. <laughs>
7: Mrs. Davis, this is the second time this bed has collapsed, and you've got to do something about oh, it. Oh, I will, Connie. I'll see that you get lighter pillow slips.
5: <laughs>
7: now, you better get up and get dressed, and we can look over the album at breakfast. All right, Mrs. Davis. Watch those springs, Connie. They still have plenty of life in them.
5: (laughs) Connie! Connie,
7: where are you now?
6: You were right about those springs, Mrs. Davis. I'm in the shower.
7: (laughs) Now we'll just push the breakfast dishes to one side. There. And look through your album for a nice picture for the yearbook. I haven't gone through this album in a long time. Oh, look at this one of you, Connie. I love your hair that way, curling all over your head. Makes you look so youthful. That's what Mother thought. She didn't cut it till I was nine weeks old. (laughs) You're terribly cute, Connie, stretched out on that rug. What is it? Bearskin? We certainly are.
6: That would be the ideal picture for the
7: yearbook, Mrs. Davis Too dressy Oh, here's one taken at the beach My, what a stunning bathing suit That's my French model bathing suit It was taken at Lakeview Beach last summer And those sandals are exquisite Such a pretty design That's all handwork in the front, isn't it? Sort of Those are blue jay corn plasters (laughs) (laughs) Now
6: I'd better get ready Walter Denman, and Stretch Snodgrass should be picking me up any minute. Oh,
7: they're such nice boys. But you know, Connie, I can't help but feel sorry for Stretch. He's a wonderful athlete, I know, but honestly, for a 16-year-old boy, he has the mind of an 8-year-old simpleton. Oh, that isn't fair, Mrs. Davis.
6: Stretch has every bit as much mentality
7: as a 16-year-old simpleton. Bill, <laughs> somewhere along the line, that boy's mental development has been arrested. Arrested? It's been sentenced and shot.
5: <laughs> now, if you'll put away that album... Oh, wait, hey, just I'm...
7: a minute, Connie. Has Mr. Boynton ever seen you in it? In the album? No, in the French bathing suit you're wearing in the snapshot.
6: Why, no. I don't believe the bashful
7: biologist has seen me in that. But... Well, he should That would take his eyes off his frogs for a minute
5: <laughs> Now,
7: let's take this picture out of the album So you can give it to the boys when they get here Oh, you're joking, Mrs. Davis If Mr. Conklin saw a picture like that That in the yearbook Steam would shoot through the top of his head uh, I don't mean the whole picture, Connie I've got this scissors here to cut off your head That's all they'll need for the book uh, There we are Here's your head, Connie. Just in time, Mrs.
6: Davis. Now I can finish my coffee.
5: <laughs>
6: oh, that was very nice. Oh, would you mind answering that, Mrs. Davis? I'll go get my hat and bag and put the finishing touches on my face.
7: Very well, Connie. Hi, Mrs. Davis. Hi, Mrs. Davis. Hello, Stretch. Walter. Come in. Miss Brooks will be with you in a minute. She's just putting her face on.
1: Oh, we're in no hurry. You... Say, what's that
3: picture you got in your hand? This... Oh,
7: this is Miss Brooks. Let's see. Gosh,
3: now I know what you meant when you said she's putting on her face.
7: Now, where's her head, Mrs. Davis? Her head? Oh, she's probably got that in her purse. Oh. Her purse? How can she get along with no head? Coming from you, Stretch, a
1: question like that could be very embarrassing.
5: (laughs) Apparently, this
1: picture's been
7: torn, Mrs. Davis. Naturally. Naturally. You said you just needed a snapshot of Miss Brooks' head for the yearbook, Walter. So we snipped that part off for you.
1: Oh, I get it. But,
7: Mrs. Davis, could we have this lower part of the snapshot, too? Well, I don't see why not, Walter. When you get through with the yearbook, you can paste both parts together again. Gosh, if I may say so, Miss Brooks' figure sure looks beautiful in a bathing suit. Especially in that one, Walter. That's a French bathing suit. Yeah.
1: How do you like it,
7: Stretch? Well, I don't know. I don't
3: understand French so good.
5: <laughs> well,
1: neither do I, but in this case, all you gotta do is read between the lines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
5: Yeah.
3: Uh, want me to carry the snapshot for you, Walter?
1: Oh, no, thanks, Stretch. It's not heavy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I have two chauffeurs today. Hello, boys. Hi, Miss Brooks. Oh, Stretch picked me up today on account of I had a little trouble with my clutch. What kind of trouble, Walter? I lost it. You lost your clutch? Oh, yes, ma'am, but I'll find it all right. It can't be much more than a block away from where the emergency brake fell off. <laughs>
6: that's probably just a stone's throw from the motor. Oh, before I forget, here's the
7: snapshot for the yearbook. Snapshot of who? Oh, this is your face. Uh-huh anxious, Brooks. Well, we better be gone if we're gone. Yes, it's getting late. Now, remember what I told you, Connie. Be sure and invite Mr. Boynton to take you swimming soon, so we can see you in a bathing suit. Please, Mrs. Davis. If Mr. Boynton wants to take me swimming, he'll take me swimming.
6: I'm certainly not going to do anything about suggesting it to him until lunchtime. <laughs>
1: Why don't we got to pick up Mr. Conklin on the way to school? Mr. Conklin? Yeah. Harriet called me and told me that her mother had to take their car downtown early this morning, and she was counting on me to pick them up. But if I'd known that, I would have gone to school on my
3: pogo stick. (laughs) So would I have. We can't let Walter down now, Miss Brooks. Besides, Mr. Conklin isn't so bad. For all we know, he's just as nervous about us as we are about him.
6: Stretch, you're not related to Mrs. Davis's brother Victor, are you? (laughs) No. I guess you just take from the same psychiatrist.
3: (laughs) Our Miss Brooks starring Eve Arden will continue in just a moment. But first, here is Vern Smith. Here's wonderful news, ladies. Wonderful, wonderful news. Now there's something thrillingly new in Palmolive Soap's famous beauty lather. Yes, something thrillingly new. Palmolive's famous Beauty Lather now brings you new fragrance, new charm, new allure.
8: Millions of women will prefer Beauty Lather Palmolive over all other leading toilet soaps the minute they try it. For Palmolive Soap's famous Beauty Lather now has a new, clean, flower-fresh fragrance for new allure, new charm.
3: So ladies, forget all other beauty care and use Palmolive Soap the way doctors advise for a lovelier complexion. Just stop improper cleansing and instead wash your face with palm olive soap three times a day Massaging palm olive's wonderful beauty lather onto your skin for 60 seconds each time to get its full beautifying effect Then rinse that's all all types of skin young older oily respond to it quickly Don't wait another day to try palm olive's beauty lather You'll be thrilled by its new fragrance new charm new allure Thrilled again by the fresher, brighter complexion doctors prove may soon be yours.
8: For new loveliness all over, use big bath-sized palm olive in tub or shower.
3: As our Miss Brooks and the boys are on their way to pick up Mr. Conklin, let's look in on Madison's beloved principal as he and his daughter Harriet are finishing breakfast.
8: Well, Daddy, how did you like your breakfast?
3: It was very adequate,
9: Harriet. Now, if you'll hand me my hat, please. Here
8: you are, Daddy. Thank
9: you. It's a brand new one. How do you like it, my dear?
1: Well, it isn't very colorful, is it, Daddy?
9: Very few black Homburgs are.
5: <laughs> this suit is also
9: new. It's the latest thing. Black shark skin. You like it?
1: It's real chic, Daddy. Of
9: course, this tie may be a trifle loud with it. It's midnight blue.
1: <laughs> do you think it's
9: too loud, Harriet?
1: I can't hear a thing, Daddy? I mean, it looks fine.
9: This is the outfit I had my picture taken in, the one that's pinned on the bulletin board. Inasmuch as you are the yearbook's editor, I wanted you to have a good photo.
1: Thanks, Daddy. Walter will appreciate it, too.
9: Denton? What has he got to do with this?
1: Well, he's associate editor of the yearbook, and he's giving us a lift today.
9: He doesn't give me a lift. In fact, if I may borrow an expression from the undergraduate body, he brings me down. What you see in that booby is beyond me.
1: He isn't a booby. Walter's the manager of the baseball team and editor of the Madison Monitor, and, well, he's just an all-around... He's
9: just an all-around... (laughs) Eddie. All right. I won't say mine if you don't say
5: yours. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's
1: very nice of Walter and Stretch to pick us up. After all, they had to get up earlier in the morning to stop for us after picking up Miss Brooks.
9: Miss Brooks? Will she be along?
1: Of course. Walter always takes her to school. What have you got against Miss Brooks?
9: Nothing at all, Harriet. At least nothing that some new shoes, new glasses, and a head free of a flower pot won't straighten out. I don't know what it is about that woman, but when she's in the vicinity, disaster rings in my bones.
5: And today is
9: Friday the 13th. Oh. oh please,
5: Daddy,
1: you're exaggerating. Miss Brooks is probably just as nervous about facing you as you are about facing her.
9: I doubt it. I wish we could get to school some other way. only it wasn't so late, we... Oh, well, they lifted the Berlin blockade. Maybe there's hope for me.
1: Well, here's Mr. Conklin's house. Is he still sore at you, Walter? Yeah, but I just can't seem to put my finger on the reason. (laughs) Lately, Mr. Conklin looks upon me with, uh... uh, Would repugnance do it? Is that bad? Very bad. Then that would do it. (laughs) That's why I wrote the speech when I knew we were taking him to school. Speech? Yeah. By the time we get to Madison, my future father-in-law and I will be buddies. Oh, before I honk the horn, I'd like you to hear the speech, Miss Brooks. It goes... Mr. Conklin, sir. Excuse
6: me, Walter, but Mr. Conklin, sir, and his daughter Harriet just came out on the porch. They must have
3: seen us pull up.
6: She's leading him down the steps. Something must have happened to his glasses. Oh, yes.
5: Hello, Miss Brooks. (laughs) Hi, boys. Hi, Harriet. How are you
6: this morning, Mr. Conklin?
9: Very well, so far. (laughs) Get in, Harriet.
7: Yes,
6: Daddy. I'll sit in the front with the boys. And you sit back here with me, Mr. Conklin. Here, I'll hold the door for you. Thank you. That's a lovely suit you have on. Is it new?
4: Yes, Miss Brooks.
10: <laughs>
6: Brand new! <laughs> <laughs> it's,
10: it's,
5: it's
6: just your pocket, Mr. Conklin. I'll sew it up when we get to school. Go ahead, Stretch.
1: <clears throat> uh, Mr. Conklin, sir... Shut I... up, you boob!
10: <laughs>
6: I fixed Mr. Conklin's suit and unruffled his feathers when we got to school. And by lunchtime, I was beginning to lose some of my feeling of foreboding, especially since Mr. Boynton had invited me to the cafeteria for lunch. Remembering Mrs. Davis's advice, I thought I'd try and get Mr. Boynton to ask me out swimming so I could show off my French bathing suit. I was extremely subtle about it. Did you enjoy your lunch, Mr. Boynton?
4: Oh, very much, Miss Brooks.
6: Me too. Let's go for a swim.
5: LAUGHTER
4: isn't it a little early for that sort of thing? Well, we could wait till after school. It'll
6: be later then.
4: (laughs) Uh, I mean, early in the year. It's still quite brisk out.
6: Oh, once you get in, the water's warm. Especially at Lakeview Beach. That's only an hour's drive from here. Oh, I'm
4: afraid I don't care much for beaches, Miss Brooks. They're bad for my sinus trouble. Oh, I like swimming in a pool though.
6: Wonderful, Mr. Boynton. Let's go for a swim in your pool.
4: Uh, I'm afraid that's impossible, Miss Brooks. My pools at the YMCA.
5: Uh, <laughs> uh,
6: I guess it would alter their routine a bit if I were to walk in there. <laughs> you know what we might do. Work on your lawn for a while.
4: I don't have any lawn, Miss Brooks. I live in a bachelor apartment. All I've got is a window box. Perfect. That's just what we'll do. What's just what we'll do?
6: We'll put on bathing suits and water your window box.
5: (laughs)
4: Why do we have to put on bathing suits to water a window box?
6: All right, you wear what you want, and I'll wear what I want.
4: (laughs) I'm afraid I won't be free this afternoon, Miss Brooks. You see, I've been searching high and low for another frog like my pet McDougal. He's a Leptodactylus pentodactylus, you know.
6: That's obvious. I can't
4: seem to find one anywhere. None of the laboratory supply houses handle them, and well, I've got to get one for an experiment.
6: If I bump into one, I'll give you a buzz. Now, if you'll excuse me, Mr. Boynton, I'm going over to the dessert counter. It's getting pretty crowded in here.
4: Oh, is there something I can get for you, Miss Bruce?
6: No, I'd rather enjoy the exercise. I can still get a good post position right on the rail. See you in a few minutes. Oh, I'm terribly sorry, sir. It was all my fault.
9: Yes, it was, Miss
5: Brooks. (laughs) Mr. Conklin,
6: I didn't recognize you. You've got new glasses on.
9: I wish you had them on.
6: (laughs) Sit down, Mr. Conklin. I'll replace everything you had on your tray. Now, what can I get you?
9: Well, suppose we start off with some nice split pea soup.
6: Split pea soup, yes, sir. About how much?
9: About as much as I now have in my best pockets.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
9: and, Miss Brooks, after you've served me and before you go back to your classroom, stop at the bulletin board, will you?
6: The bulletin board?
9: Yes. There's a picture of me on it, and I'd like you to see just how this suit looked before I met you. <laughs>
1: There, that'll teach him to call me a boob
3: Oh, it sure looks funny, Walter Miss Brooks in a bathing suit With Mr. Conklin's head nailed on the shoulder (laughs) But this won't get Miss Brooks in trouble, will it, Walter? How can
1: it get her in trouble? These could be anybody's legs
3: Anybody but Mr. Conklin's, that is (laughs) Let's get out of here, Stretch Somebody's coming Okay, but I'd sure like to see Mr. Conklin's face When he spots his picture
6: Well, here's the bulletin board, Mr. Boynton I'll just... Mr. Boynton, do you see what I see?
4: Yes, I think so, Miss Brooks. Is this the suit Mr. Conklin wanted you to see him in?
6: That happens to be me, Mr. Boynton. It was taken at Lakeview Beach.
4: You? Well, that must be a pretty old snapshot. Frankly, I I like you better without the mustache. (laughs) Thank you. I'm a lot less bald now, too.
6: Those darn kids must have put my picture over Mr. Conklin's for a rib. But if he finds out this is my picture, he'll take my head off permanently.
4: Hmm. Maybe we will drive to Lakeview Beach this afternoon. First, I'd better get this picture down, Miss Brooks. They didn't use thumbtacks. These are real nails and they're hammered way in. Oh, I'd better
6: find a hammer to pick them out with. Come on, Mr. Boynton. The keys to the supply room are in Mr. Conklin's office. (laughs)
4: Here's his door, Miss Brooks. I'd better knock.
6: Oh, don't bother. Mr. Conklin must still be at lunch. You wait here, Mr. Boynton. I'll go in and get the key.
4: How do you do?
5: I was
6: just coming in, Mr. Conklin.
9: I was just going out, Miss Brooks.
6: I thought you were still in the cafeteria.
9: I wish I were. (laughs) Just, just for a moment, gaze upon me. Yes, sir. It will be evident even to you that by banging the door in my face, you have broken my
5: glasses. (laughs) The regrettable
9: fact remains, however, that even without my glasses, I can still see you.
6: I just wanted to get a hammer, Mr. Conklin.
9: A hammer? A hammer? You've done a splendid job without a
5: hammer.
9: (laughs) Miss Brooks, call me a foolish dreamer, if you will, but somehow I had hoped that today's pocket-ripping and soup-spilling incidents would appease your voracious appetite for mayhem. (laughs) But no, no, for the second time in a few days... You have shattered my glasses.
6: Please, Mr. Compton, I can't stand this war of nerves. If you hold me responsible for those accidents, why are you so restrained? You've got high blood pressure. Use it.
5: <laughs> I mean,
6: give me a good, loud dressing down and get it out of your system.
9: Miss Brooks, such crude behavior would be unbecoming to the principal of a high school. To lose control in the presence of others is to betray ill-breeding. Now then, would you be good enough to excuse me for a moment while I walk over to the closet?
6: Of course, Mr. Conklin.
5: Thank
9: you, my dear. (laughs) I feel much better now. And here, I found a hammer in the closet. You may have it, Miss Brooks.
6: Oh, thank you, Mr. Conklin. I'll just take this. I'm sorry I dropped the hammer on your foot, Mr. Conklin. That's all right. I have another foot.
9: I have
5: another foot.
3: Brooks, could I see you for a minute? Why, Stretch,
6: school's been out for ten seconds. Why are you loitering in the hall? <laughs>
3: well, I've been looking for you, Miss Brooks. I even asked Mr. Conklin if he knew where you were. But a funny thing, the minute I mentioned your name, he ran into the closet. Yes, I know. Why did he do that, Miss Brooks? Quiet, Stretch. Oh! <laughs> That's why.
5: Now,
6: what did you want to see me about, Stretch?
3: Well... Harriet Conklin wanted a full-figure picture of you for the yearbook, so I pasted your head to the lower part of the picture we took off the bulletin board.
6: Hmm, I've never had a full-figure picture in the yearbook. I guess Friday the 13th isn't so unlucky after all, unless you happen to be Mr. Conklin.
1: Oh, there you are, Miss Brooks. Isn't it terrible? Isn't what terrible, Walter? Harriet Conklin just got the proofs back for the yearbook. Look at the snapshot section. Look here where it says, this is our Miss Brooks. Oh, let's see.
6: Oh, no. Stretch, you pasted the wrong parts together. This is a picture of my face attached to a blubbery body wearing a black shark skin
3: suit. Gee, maybe there is something to Friday the 13th. Oh, it's
1: an awful break, Miss Brooks. Every teacher and student at Madison will see this. You'll be the laughing stock of the whole school.
3: Gosh, I wouldn't blame you if you bursted out crying.
6: Not me, boys. To lose control in the presence of others is to betray ill-breeding. Will you excuse me a minute? And now, Miss Brooks? I just want to borrow your closet, Mr. Conklin.
3: And be a dream girl, dream girl, beautiful luster cream girl. You owe your crowning glory to a luster cream shampoo. And now, once again, here is our Miss Brooks.
6: Well, it looked as if the day might end a little better than it began when Mr. Boynton took my arm as we were leaving the school and said...
4: Oh, let's hurry, Miss Brooks. I'd like to get to Lakeview Beach while the sun's still out.
6: Oh, fine, Mr. Boynton, but let's stop at the house and pick up my French bathing suit.
4: Oh, you won't need a bathing suit, Miss Brooks.
6: And why are we going to Lakeview Beach?
4: Because of that picture of you on the bulletin board. We've got to stop at the same spot where that picture was taken. But why? Well, I noticed in the snapshot there was a leptodactylus pentodactylus frog right near your left foot. <laughs>
6: If you don't mind, Mr. Boynton, I'd still like to pick up my bathing suit. For well, what? If it fits the frog, you two can go steady.
5: <laughs>
3: Next week, turn into another Our Miss Brooks show, brought to you by Plum Holly Soap, your beauty hope, and Luster Cream Shampoo for soft, glamorous, caressable hair. Our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden, is produced by Larry Burns, written and directed by Al Lewis, with music by Wilbur Hatt. For mystery liberally sprinkled with laughs, listen to Mr. and Mrs. North, the exciting, fun-packed adventures of an amateur detective and his beautiful wife. Tune in Tuesday evening over most of these same stations. And be with us next week at the same time for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Bob Lamond speaking. Stay tuned now for Life with Luigi, which follows over most of these stations. This is CBS for Columbia Broadcasting. <laughs>
2: That was Our Miss Brooks going back to May 15th, 1940, with Friday the 13th episode. Eve Arden was very good friends with Lucille Ball. And by the way, Lucy actually helped her get in film and in the golden age of radio. Now, Our Miss Brooks was portrayed by Eve Arden, who you might remember not just from the TV show Our Miss Brooks, but from the Grease movies, Grease number one and number two. She played the principal. We're staying with that Friday, the 13th theme and the golden age of radio. Now going to a show in which actually focused on superstitions. They had individual episodes about different superstitions. It's actually highly produced for its time period. It has survived the course of time. It was recorded quite well which is amazing considering how old it is. Going back to September 13th, 1935, here is the origin of superstition about Friday the 13th on the Riley and Kimmy Show.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, it is our pleasure to offer you another short, short story in the series designed to disclose the origins of superstition. This one deals with the belief that Friday the 13th is an unlucky day.
8: Hurry now.
0: I'll be with you in a minute, Doris.
8: Oh, every time you have a day off, Henry. It takes hours before I can get the housework started. And it upsets Oh, darling,
0: I'm sorry. But you know I only have a day off once every two weeks. Well, do I get those nice hot biscuits for breakfast?
8: Yes, dear. Here, read the morning paper while I get them out of the oven.
0: All right, honey, but make it snappy. I've got to meet Bill out at the club for a game of golf.
8: Here are the biscuits and your ham and eggs. Now eat them before they get... Great
0: Scott. Can you beat that?
8: What's the matter, Henry?
0: Do you know what day this is? No. It's Friday the 13th.
8: Well, what's wrong with that, dear?
0: What's wrong? Why, it's unlucky. Uh, Now I bet everything will go haywire today. I know I'll have some bad luck.
8: Why, darling, just because it's Friday the 13th, it's no different from any other day. Oh,
0: yes, it is. I look at the disasters that happened on that day in England, right here in our own country.
8: But, darling, those things would have taken place anyway, regardless of the day. Just as the incident that was responsible for starting that belief would have occurred whether it had been Friday the 13th or not. So don't be superstitious.
0: Superstitious? Why, Doris, you know I'm not superstitious. But I'll bet Friday the 13th has been a jinx to mankind since the creation of the world.
8: Oh, no, Henry. You're wrong. That superstition began much later than that. It was after the passion and crucifixion of the Christ... that the superstition of that day and number became universally feared as an omen of evil.
0: You mean they didn't regard Friday the 13th
8: as unlucky before that time? No. Oh, true, the belief of lucky and unlucky days and numbers had begun with the old Chaldeans and Egyptians. But the actual superstition of Friday the 13th did not begin until after the crucifixion. For people believe that because 13 sat down to the Last Supper... Jesus Christ was betrayed and crucified the following day, which was Friday the 13th of Nizen by the Jewish calendar.
0: Which only proves that Friday the 13th was unlucky, Doris.
8: No, Henry. But don't you remember in the Bible that before the feast of the Passover, Judas had gone into the city of Jerusalem and had bargained with the priests who hated the Christ because he was hailed by the people as a prophet? and they agreed to pay Judas 30 pieces of silver if he would deliver the Christ to them when he was away from the multitudes. After the last supper, Judas left Jesus and his disciples and went to the temple where the priests were excitedly discussing the growing power of the Christ, and...
10: Silence, my brethren, silence. We must do away with this man, Jesus of Nazareth. For each day his power grows and he gains more followers. Yea, Caiaphas, only the other day the people did hail him as the son of David. Tis blasphemy. His sacrilege. He is an imposter. Let us take him. Nay, we cannot seize him while he's amongst the people who love him and call him master. But Caiaphas, what of this Judas Iscariot? to whom we paid 30 pieces of silver. He promised to deliver this Jesus of Nazareth unto us. Yea, Joshua. But we must have patience, for I did caution him to wait until the time that his master would be alone so as not to cause a tumult among the people. Aephas, Aephas, Judas Iscariot is here. He would speak with thee. Bring him before me at once. Now, my brethren... Perhaps this Judas brings the news we are waiting for. Greetings, Judas Iscariot. Hath thou brought good tidings unto us? Yea, Caiaphas. Tonight, as we sat at supper, I learned that the master doth go into the garden of Gethsemane this night to pray there, alone. Now is the time to take him. At last! But, Judas... How will the soldiers know thy master? I will go with them and greet the master with a kiss. By that sign they will know him. Tis well spoken, Judas. Verily thou art the true savior of Israel. Now thou must go with the soldiers to seize this Jesus of Nazareth before he suspects that something may be amiss by thy absence and elude us. Nay, Caiaphas the master doth know, I will betray him. What? Meanest thou hast allowed him to suspect thee? Nay, but at supper tonight he did prophesy that one of his disciples would betray him. And when we all asked who it was, he said softly unto me, What thou doest, do quickly. And did the others know t'was thou who would betray him, Judas? Nay, for he whispered unto me, And when I left, the disciples thought that I did go on an errand for the master. Oh, then we must act quickly, for verily this man is empowered by the prince of darkness. Elias, take Judas to the soldiers, now, so that they may go at once to seize his master. Yea, Caiaphas, come with me, Judas. But Caiaphas, dost thou not fear that the people will cause a tumult? ...when they learn that their master hath been taken? We must prevent that, George Joshua. But how, Caiaphas? Thou and the other priests must stir up the people to lust for his blood. Tis easy to sway the emotions of a mob... ...if ye were cleverly and carefully. Ah, thou art wise, Caiaphas. We must act quickly, Joshua... ...and crucify this man before another sun sets. Otherwise, be too late... For the Holy Sabbath begins then. And thou art right, Caiaphas. We can do nothing on the Holy Sabbath. T'would be a sacrilege. Yea, Joshua, but we must not fail. Tomorrow, Friday the 13th of Nisan, we will have crucified this Jesus of Nazareth upon the Mount of Golgotha, the place of the skull. Amen. 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 But, Joshua, why should this Jesus of Nazareth be dying now upon the cross, when he hath done nothing? Thou art a Roman, Lucius, and thou dost not understand. This man hath called himself the king of the Jews and the son of God. Tis blasphemy. But, Joshua, I have heard that he hath performed many wonders... And done much good among the people Ah, Lucius He did say he would destroy the temple And rebuild it again in three days And now thou seest He cannot even save himself But behold, Joshua His followers at the foot of the cross How they love him And weep at his travail He trusted in God, Lucius Let God deliver him now If he will have him For did he not say, I am the Son of God? But see, he dies instead. Yea, verily. Oh, how darkly overcast is the sky, Joshua! And each hour it doth grow more black. Yea, Lucius, and the evening hath not yet come. But look at Jesus of Nazareth. He is dead now. For the soldier hath pierced his side with a spear... O Joshua, the rocks are rent asunder. The earth doth tremble and the skies roar with a mighty wrath. Truly, this man was the Son of God. Verily, Lucius, I cannot understand. See, the people, how they cry out with fear and beat their breasts. Alas, Joshua, this day, Friday the 13th, will go down in the records of time as a day of ill omen. Oh, verily, we have crucified the Son of God.
8: And so, after the crucifixion of the Christ, the people believed that Friday the 13th was a day of ill omen. But as you know, Henry, the day itself had nothing to do with it.
0: Why, you're wrong, Doris. After all, it was an unlucky day. The people turned against the Christ and crucified him, didn't they?
8: But, Henry, don't you understand that the Christ was destined to be crucified, regardless of whether it was Friday the 13th or any other day? Yeah,
0: but Hmm, someone's at the door. I'll see who it is, honey. Telegram, sir. Will you sign here, please? Okay, thanks. Great Scott!
8: What is it, dear?
0: A telegram from your mother. Listen to this. Barbara, Myrtle, and I coming for visit. Arriving on the 245. Have Henry meet us at station. Lovingly, Mother.
8: Oh, Mother's coming. Isn't that marvelous, dear?
0: Yeah, great. The last time your mother visited us, she stayed six months. Now she's bringing the whole family, and she'll probably stay a year. And you tried to tell me Friday the 13th isn't an unlucky day. Bah.
3: And so, ladies and gentlemen, after receiving that telegram, no one will be able to convince Henry that Friday the 13th is anything but an unlucky day. Well, au revoir and good luck to you. Find Archive Podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy Show at and RileyandKimmy.com.